This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church. Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun, Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of uh, land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali. On the road by the, by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, uh, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region uh, and shadow of death, uh, and shadow of death light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and, to, and uh, Andrew, his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The true gospel of the Lord. Praise the Lord, the word, the light. Okay, be seated, please. So I say good afternoon to you. Today we're talking about fishermen. Anyone here like to fish? Two avid fishermen go on a fishing trip. They rent all the equipment they need, the reels, the rods, the wading suits, the rowboat, the car, and even a cabin in the woods. 
They spend a fortune. The first day they go fishing, but they can't, don't catch anything. The same thing happens on the second day. And on the third day, it goes on like this until finally, on the last day of the vacation, one of them catches a fish. Now, as they're driving home, they're, they're really depressed, as you might guess. One guy turns to the other and says, do you realize that this one lousy fish we caught cost us $1,500? And the other guy says, wow, it's a good thing we didn't catch more. Okay, okay. You know my humor's dry. I mean, heck, I tried. I overheard a mother giving her daughter this advice. Cook a man a fish and you feed him for a day. But teach a man to fish and you get rid of him for the whole, week, the whole weekend. <laughs> and $1,500, that's right. True story. In 1986, the remains of a 2,000-year-old fisherman's boat were found off the northwest shore of the Sea of Galilee. Its discoverers named it the Jesus Boat, and it is now on display in a museum near Magdala in Israel. The boat is about 27 feet long, 7.5 feet wide, and a little over 4 feet high. Fishermen in Jesus' day would, have, would cast large nets with weights attached that would trap the fish on the bottom of the lake. They would either dive down to put, put the fish individually into satchels or carefully pull up the edges of the large nets so that the fish were collected into the boat. When they weren't fishing, they were washing, mending, and hanging the nets up to dry in, in preparation for the next day's work. It was hard work, but a good living. This was the life of Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Now, today's story sounds amazing. It sounds like Jesus just throws out an offer and these, these guys just leave everything to follow him. And that is essentially what happened. Matthew doesn't tell us everything, though John in his gospel tells of an earlier encounter of Peter and Andrew with, with Jesus. Uh, from John uh, chapter 1, verse 35 through uh, 42. The next day, uh, John was there again with two of his disciples when he saw Jesus passing by. He said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? Come, he said, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard, who heard that John had said, had heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which, which translated means Peter. So this is not the first time they've met. Yet, they do take a huge step in leaving all behind to follow him. Peter is married, so he temporarily leaves behind a wife and perhaps children to travel around with Jesus. All four of these guys, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, leave their occupation as fishermen, never to return to it fully again. And for James and John, they not only leave their occupation, but they also walk out on the family business. Zebedee has groomed his two sons to take over for him. It is quite a sacrifice for their entire family. As we think about Jesus' recruitment of his first disciples, I want us to notice two or three things. First, note how Jesus takes the initiative. In biblical times, people who wanted to know more about God would, would seek out their favorite rabbi to become a, a personal mentor to them, kind of like a, a graduate student looking for a professor to mentor them. Jesus flipped the script 
as he took the initiative to seek out each of his followers. He chose them. You might say they received, by name, orders. A rabbi who looks for his own followers is functioning more like a prophet than a rabbi. A prophet on a serious mission who must have exactly the right people to help. I've wondered from time to time exactly why Jesus chose these twelve. They were arrogant, prideful men. They tended to squabble among themselves which one was the greatest. They seemed to follow little of what he was teaching. Yet Jesus saw something in them that they didn't even see in themselves. It's a beautiful image of how God chooses us, how God pursues us. If you are a believer in God, you probably pursued a relationship with him as your personal savior. That being said, most of us don't realize that something happened even before that. God first took the initiative to reach out to you. The Bible says no one comes to the Father alone without the Father already working on their, on their heart to bring them to him. That's why if you see someone with a spiritual interest, perhaps asking questions about God or the, or the afterlife, you can know for certain God is working on that person, wooing them to himself. So we see that Jesus takes the initiative. We also see that Jesus calls us to relationship, not rules. Notice what Jesus does not say to Peter and Andrew. Follow my teaching. Keep these rules. Notice what he doesn't say to James and John. If you will please sign here, agreeing with these rules and regulations found in the small print. They are good. Now you're in. No. Jesus just says, follow me. This happens to be the motto of the United States Infantry. Follow me. The statue in front of the infantry school depicts a soldier screaming and waving his hand, indicating that others should follow him into combat. Now, this is the kind of leader I like. One who is not afraid to get his hands dirty. Who leads from the front, not from the headquarters. I want to know that my leader is not going to ask me to do anything he is not prepared to do himself. I want a leader who says, follow me. And that's exactly what Jesus does. He leads from the front. He tells his disciples, watch me. Do what I do. Watch and learn. If you see me, you see the Father. If you note what is important to me, you'll pick up on what is important to the Father. Follow my example. Now, this is really what distinguishes Christianity from any other world religion. Every other religion says, here's what you have to do to earn God's favor. Judaism began with the Ten Commandments, and the religious leaders of Jesus' day simplified them down to only 613 laws. Islam teaches you to make it to heaven in one of two ways. You have to die in holy war, thus the motivation to sign up as a suicide bomber, or you have to be 51% good at the time of your death. Your good deeds have to outweigh your bad. You must strive all your life to make sure that the scales tip in the right direction. Every major religion teaches its followers to strive toward God, except Christianity. Here, God strives toward us. He strives so much that he sends his one and only son to die in our place because he knows we cannot be good enough to go to heaven. We cannot be good enough to be in the right relationship with the holy, with the holy and perfect God who created us. We have all sinned and gone astray. There is no one good. Not one. Yet Jesus says, follow me. Orient your life on me and I will make you into a new creation. Jesus calls us to follow him. Lastly, final one. 
as we follow Jesus, his mission becomes our mission. The elderly Apostle John, near the end of his long life, would write the churches of young believers with this advice. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Jesus' mission becomes our mission. What is Jesus' mission? We see it in the last part of today's passage. Verse 23 records, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Jesus' mission is to teach, to proclaim, and to heal. And that last word, heal, comes from the same root of our word, therapy. It includes not only healing, but also the idea of attending to one's needs. Jesus, Jesus attends to our greater needs, our greatest needs. So for three years, he mentors his disciples. He, he heals. They watch. He, he teaches. They listen and talk with him and learn from him. He proclaims. They take note. Three years. That's a long time to walk around Israel and the surrounding Greek settlements. But it's the time that Jesus takes to invest in the Twelve. Later, these dozen unlikely candidates will lead a movement that will change the world. What will they do? They will do what Jesus did. Teach, preach, and heal. Teach, preach, and heal. Teach, preach, and heal. In fact, they will trust in Jesus' mission so much that each of them except John will pay for it with their very life. James will become the very first Christian martyr and his brother John will be exiled to a remote island. Jesus challenges us simply to follow him. It's not complicated. People first call the early believers Christians as an act of, of derision or mockery. Christian, literally translated, means little Christ. They were making fun of them. Look, here comes a little Christ. But the believers took it as a badge of honor, and the name stuck. A Christian simply tries to follow Jesus every day throughout the day. Teach, preach, heal. Teach, preach, heal. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. When a Christian patterns him or herself after Jesus, great and glorious things happen. When a Christian doesn't, Satan scores a victory. Max Lusado puts it like this. When those who are called to fish don't fish, they fight. But note the other side of this fish tale. When those who are called to fish fish, they flourish. The footsteps that Jesus left for us to follow in are huge. And many feel that they can never even come close to filling them. Never stop trying to fill those footsteps. Never stop. Simply follow his lead one step at a time. I pray that we flourish as we seek to follow Jesus daily and become true fishers of men. Amen.
it is time for everybody's favorite part of the service. That's right, the announcements. The teachers used to do to me in, 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 in when I was in parochial school. You better watch out. We might be we, we might be reverting to that around here. Put your hands like this, and they pop. Crazy what they did back then. I mean, I mean, it's crazy. Okay, announcements. Here we go. Pray at LCLC.com. Pray at LCLC.com. You have a prayer request. That's where you're going to go to. That's email address. Pray at LCLC.com. Just send us an email. You remain anonymous. It gives your name. We pray every single day here at Dallas, Dallas Universal Life Church. So you can ask for your prayers to be said in our daily prayers or our, our Sunday prayers and intercession with the entire congregation. Please send us your prayer request. Pray at LCLC.com. Okay. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. If you have one of those, those are very important to us. We want to hear from you. Please go to the email address, feedback at DallasVLC.com. Send us an email there. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, complaints, feedback at DallasVLC.com. You know, you can make a difference. We are a church of all volunteers. None of us here take a salary, not even myself. The only thing we rely on to keep our doors open is the tithing of our community here and for some wonderful people out there in, in uh, YouTube land and podcastville help us spread this message. If you believe in the message that we're, we're trying to get out there, this message of an all-inclusive, all-loving, all-forgiving God, please consider making a donation to Dallas, Dallas Universal Life Church. We could really use your help. That's what keeps our doors open. We don't have a commodity to sell or anything like that. We just have God and his wonderful message of love that we're trying to get out to the world. Uh, so, like I said, hey, you know, tax season's coming up. It's the beginning of the year. We shouldn't have tax season. We are a 501c3 tax, uh, tax exempt char uh, charity. So that also means when you make a donation, it is deductible on your taxes. So it's a good time to be doing that. Okay? To do that, just go to DallasVLC.com. Click on the button for Donate. It's all right there. It's a secure site. Great, great place to go and help us out. Okay, moving on. Well, you know, I, I get all the time, Bishop, I, I love the church and I, I really want to support it, but I, I don't have any money. I'm broke. And I say, well, join the club. I'm broke, too. You know, uh, you do what I do. You volunteer. Well, we all do. We volunteer here. Um, very simply, just go to DallasVLC.com, click on the button for volunteer. There's seen a list of the positions we have available for volunteers. If you don't see something you like there, don't fret. We still got stuff for you to do here. There's always something to do here at the church. There's never enough hours in the day to get it done. So just come on in, see me, call us, email us, whatever you'd like to do. But check out that, that uh, DallasVLC.com and click on the button volunteer. It's a great way to get involved with your church. So, did you know we had a podcast? We have a podcast. Wait a minute. Did you know we had two podcasts? Two we have two podcasts. Can you believe it? Okay. We've been through this a couple times now. We still have Your Path with Bishop Mark. Now, Your Path with Bishop Mark is our, is our service here. It's, it's the, the gospel and the sermon and the announcements and usually the round table after that. And we, we, we have when it's available. Okay. That's, that's a great way for us to get out there and get our message out there. To, go to, to check out Your Path with Bishop Mark, you just simply go to your favorite search engine and type in Your Path with Bishop Mark. Or you go, Alexa, play your path. If you happen to have Alexa available, she'll play your path with Bishop Mark. Or you can go to some of the great uh, podcast providers out there uh, that all of us have. And they're all on the app stores. We're played through just about everyone. Do a search for us there. Your path with Bishop Mark. We also have Life Lessons with Bishop Mark. This is what I call our TikTok of podcasts. It's very, very short. Two to four minute uh, lessons. And it's exactly what it says. Life Lessons. Um, check that out. I, I'd love for you all to, to, to check it out. And there's a place on, on all of our podcasts to 
leave us a little note or leave us a you know, recorded message. It's all right there. Please respond to us. Please let us know what you're thinking of it. Uh, the Life Lessons with Bishop Mark, the same kind of thing. You just go to you save it, create a search engine, type in Life Lessons with Bishop Mark, or you can uh, go to any of the, uh, the uh, podcast providers out there and do a search for Life Lessons with Bishop Mark, and I guarantee you'll find us. Okay. There it is. Dismissal of the community. Got through that, didn't I? Rough day, guys. Thank you for all of your help. I do appreciate it. Um, if you can't get any worse, it's got to get better. All right. Let's rise for a dismissal.